Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to WrestleMania Week here on Eat. Sleep Suplex Welcome along to another episode here of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name is Ryan Gallagher and before we crack on with today's massive guest on the show, a little bit of housekeeping. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites. Just search for Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. And you can find us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We are simply at Suplex Retweet. Now, let's move on to our guest today. He is most recognisable to us in the UK as the host of WWE's weekly shows, such as This Week in WWE, a commentator on superstars alongside the likes of Josh Matthews, as well as countless appearances across WWE shows since 2009. He is the five-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster. It's Mr. Scott Stanford. How are you doing, Scott? Oh, Ryan, it is great to be on. i got to correct you, though, my friend. i got to oh. make one correction. I'm, I'm a seven-time Emmy Award winner. Seven. Five, seven. Oh, I need to get my, my researchers <laughs> to correct that one then. <laughs> anyway, congratulations on the other two that I've missed out on. Oh, thank you, bud. Thank you. And you know what? Listen, I've never been on in Scotland before except for our WWE shows, but I once almost got catfished from a woman in Scotland online, so I feel like I've been there already, just not in person. Okay, before we kick off with the interview then, you need to tell us that story. How did you get catfished by a Scottish woman? Well, I, I, I was getting, you know, this woman who was sending me these beautiful pictures uh, and trying to talk to me online. You know, I started talking to her and then very quickly I found out that it wasn't the person who was in those pictures. So I know that that's kind of what catfishing is. Uh, to make a long story short, uh, we figured it out with a little help from my friend Justin Roberts, who used to be the ring announcer at WWE. Uh, so it was totally not the person who I was starting to talk to and she was reaching out to me online. So thank you, Scotland, for my one and only catfishing experience. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Now, Scott, <laughs> we've got you on today to, to preview WrestleMania 35, which comes to us live on Sunday night from MetLife Stadium. But before that, we'll have a wee chat about you know your career briefly. So you started working for CBS and NBC, covering uh, Major League Baseball and the, the NFL. Is that correct, yeah? Yeah, you know, I've, I started out on radio in New York. I was at WCBS, and then I moved to TV, you know, moved around 
down. I kept moving up at a few of the stations. I was at NBC for a little while. My last job was at a station called PIX11 here in New York. And, you know, that whole time, luckily since 2009, I had also been working for WWE. You know, I always had two jobs at once. And uh, sometimes it can get a little hectic, but, you know, you work around it. And I just started my 10th year at WWE, which has been an absolute blast for me. And I basically, in that 10 years, I think I've done a little bit of everything from, you know, studio shows to interviews to ringside commentary, you know, to hosting WrestleMania pre-shows and, you know, just meeting all the superstars and, you know, the big names that, that I grew up watching, like, you know, the Sergeant Slaughters and the Bruno San Martinos and all the legends that you see today. Uh, you know, I was a big wrestling fan as a kid, so... When I started to work for the company and I got to meet all those guys, all the Hall of Famers that you see now, it's really been somewhat of a surreal experience for me because I always grew up, Mean Gene Oakland was one of my heroes, and I always wanted to be Mean Gene. So, uh, you know, kind of roundabout, I've been able to do that, and it's just been a, a fantastic experience. And like I said, to be here for 10 years, it's been a, just a great experience. So it's been just phenomenal. And, you know, WrestleMania is coming up again this week. It really, it all starts today with, you know, all the all the events around New York City. And to have it in this area is just phenomenal. You said that you moved in, in 2009 to WWE, started working there, and you, you grew up as a fan. You know, was that something you always had your sights set on, was getting to the WWE? Yeah, no, I always wanted, I always wanted to be Mean Gene. You know, when I saw him interviewing the, you know, Hulk Hogan, and Andre the Giant, Superfly Snuka, and all those guys, you know, I never wanted to be a WWE superstar. I always wanted to be an announcer. And when I saw Mean Gene doing his thing and how he became part of the show, uh, you know, that's what I always wanted to do. And, you know, through just, you know, being in the right place at the right time, I ended up there and doing exactly, you know, what Mean Gene used to do. And, I, you know, I've been on Raw and SmackDown and all the shows, you know, doing the backstage interviews. And I just I never thought I'd actually be at WWE. And then, you know, like I said, the timing was right and it kind of fell in my lap a little bit. And here I am 10 years later. Talk to us about that first day when you walked in to, to do your first your first interview segment on TV at WWE. Were you were you terrified for that or were you raring to go? Well, you know what happened the first time I was I was hired to be a studio guy for a little while. And then I got a call one day when I was at one of you know, my other job at NBC from one of our bosses he said hey can you make it to wichita kansas on monday for raw and i said sure you know this is what i've been waiting for what you know what am i going to be doing he said i'm not sure yet just you know we'll get you there just you know get to the arena so i pull up to the arena you know it's monday i still don't know what i'm doing three o'clock four o'clock five o'clock rolls around I get a call from back in Stamford, Connecticut from the headquarters. Put on your tie. You're going to be calling WWE superstars with Jerry the King Lawler. And I was like, holy, you know what? This is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, so I, I sat down at the computer. I started studying and writing down my notes. And, you know, sure enough, they gave me an hour's notice. And there I was ringside with Jerry the King. Uh, you know, Michael Cole was doing it at the time. So, uh, you know, they put me in with the King and there I was doing uh, WWE superstars. And then I, yeah, oh boy, I was nervous. All right. You can imagine. And I ended up doing that from that day on. I did it for the next two years, you know, every Monday. 
without missing a beat. So it was, you know, there I was traveling now every Monday on a plane to different cities here in the U.S. back and forth. And then on Tuesdays, I fly back to do my normal studio shows this week in WWE and everything out after burn and bottom line and a lot of the shows you see out there you know in the uk and sky sports and everything else Eurosport. and boy oh boy i was uh yeah i was nervous that day i know i i think i screwed up a couple of calls and a couple of names of moves but it was uh it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun i was going to say do you ever go back and watch that that first match have you got that saved anywhere Oh, I do. I, I have all that stuff's on YouTube. I love to go back and watch. And I think even on YouTube, I have some clips together of when I was, uh, you know, a, a, an announcer at ringside. And some of my most memorable moments are when I was sitting with CM Punk. You know, he was uh, injured at the time, so he was announcing with me. And, you know, he would just rip me the whole time. You know, he'd call me by a different name. You know, he couldn't remember my name. He and I just had a great chemistry together. And, you know, like like a bickering husband and wife, I'll say he was the wife for this one. But I really enjoyed commentating with him. It was a lot of fun. And then I went on to work with Josh Matthews and, and Matt Stryker. Uh, so really just, uh, just just a lot of fun, you know, just to, to get the thrill of walking out in front of the crowd beforehand uh, was an experience I, I'll never forget. So to many of our listeners, you'll be most recognisable from these shows like This Week in WWE and Afterburn, etc. Because they get broadcast on, on kind of normal television across here as opposed to the, the premium Sky Sports subscriptions. Right. So most people will probably know your voice more than anybody else in the, the WWE. How much have you enjoyed doing these shows you know, on a weekly basis for, for such a long time? Oh, you know what? It's great. I, I work with some great people. I come in. You know, the producers are ready to go. The shows are in. And, I, you know, I have the easy part because I don't have to write anything. I don't have to do anything. I show up and just, you know, stand there and host it. That's the easy part. You know, these guys have to write it and then edit it. But it has been, I'll tell you what, I think in 10 years, I don't think I've missed one single show. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I've, you know, I come in on Tuesdays and Wednesdays to shoot. And I don't think in all that time... Uh, I've ever missed a show. You know, you always work your vacations around it, but the afterburns and this week in WWE, it's great because I know it's people see it because, you know, you get the tweets from all over the country uh, of people who enjoy your work and, and, you know, nothing makes you happier than when you hear from the fans and they enjoy what you're doing. I, I also enjoy when people send me notes and they rip me and they insult me that's that's more fun but no it's it's been a lot of fun and it's like i said i i have the easy part of standing there and and putting uh you know their words into into a show so uh it, it's been great you know hopefully i could stay there in another 10 years well scott we've got you today for a quick run through of this year's wrestlemania card there's some really really interesting matches on it some massive matches as well and um, so we'll just get your opinion on them so you know but let's start with daniel bryan putting the WWE Championship on the line against the fan favourite Kofi Kingston. You know, it's almost the reverse of the Daniel Bryan storyline from uh, WrestleMania 30 and that you get the impression he was never the original plan until the fans used their voice. So what's your thoughts been on the build for this match? Well, let me give you my Hulk Hogan impression. Kofi Mania is one and wild, brother. <laughs> now, listen, I think it's great. With everything that Kofi had to go through, to get to this point where you thought he was going to get a match and then Mr. McMahon would take it away from him and he'd put, you know, everything he can, every obstacle in his way. And finally, you know, even even up to the other night when they were signing the contract, you almost thought something else was going to happen 
that would prevent him from from getting there. But listen, Daniel Bryan, what a story he's been. I mean, the guy, you know, you thought he'd never wrestle again because of the neck injury. And, you know, he's back bigger and better than ever. He plays uh, plays a great heel. You know, the fans love to hate Daniel Bryan now. He got look how he went from a fan favorite with the yes, yes, yes. Now to, uh, you know, he gets booed religiously. And I just think what they did with Kofi is just phenomenal. Does Kofi win the title at WrestleMania? I don't know. I think if he did, the, you know, MetLife Stadium, all 80,000 people would go absolutely berserk. But who knows? I think it's going to be, you know, last time those two guys wrestled when they were the last two at Elimination Chamber, which I, if I'm correct, they put on quite a show. So I think, you know, just the two of them from start to finish, I think you're going to get a match that really lights it up there on Sunday. Uh, could be could be one of the best matches of the day, in my opinion. Well, next one we want to talk about is Batista coming up against the boss, Triple H. You know, I'm always fascinated with the way Triple H can go from, you know, CEO right to the game and be ready to go and knock it out of the park time and time again. You know, it's a massive match against a guy he's never beaten, which Batista likes to remind us of quite, quite often. And his in-ring career is on the line as well. You know, how do you think this will turn out? Do you think he'll finally beat the animal? You know what? I could see maybe some outside things happening in this one. Not that I would, you know, know anything of, of, of anything involved, but I just, I could see maybe some other people maybe getting involved. You know, I'm amazed that, that Triple H and Batista, the shape that these guys are in, especially, you know, Batista's always been in amazing shape. Triple H, uh, you know, he and Stephanie always put out those videos of them working out at, you know, midnight workouts here in the States. He's in incredible shape. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Triple H wins the match. One thing you could be sure of, he always has an amazing entrance for WrestleMania. So, you know, you got that coming. But, you know, I don't have a favorite either way. I mean, Batista, you know, they call him the animal for a reason. Uh, the guy's in amazing shape. But I, I think maybe this time around, you know, if I had to pick a winner, I'd pick Triple H to come out on top. Uh, unless he just plans on never wrestling again and uh, Batista wins. But... We'll see. I think it'll be a great match. Not sure how long it can go with, with uh, or, you know, how great a shape these guys are in. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see maybe, a you know, a Shawn Michaels get involved or, or somebody on Batista's side. Maybe he's got something up his sleeve. Uh, I don't know if it'll, it'll, it'll be one-on-one -on -one for very long, but we'll see. We'll see. I think it'll be entertaining either way. The next one, Brock Lesnar. Coming up against Seth Rollins, the Royal Rumble winner, possibly going up against one of the most dominant champions in recent years in Brock Lesnar. You know, he's almost come full circle for Seth. Um, you know, from the Money in the Bank cash-in when he won the title four years ago, you know, he, he had his injuries, he spun back his storyline, you know, with Triple H, for example, and then now he's facing the Beast one-on-one -on -one at WrestleMania. How do you see this one turning out? Well, listen, if you're going, if you're going to the betting window... I don't know how you bet against Brock Lesnar in any situation. I think if Brock Lesnar is going to be beaten for the uh, the Universal title and it comes back to Raw, it, it, it's got to be somebody like a Seth Rollins who can carry that torch and, and defend it every week. But listen, to me, I bet the house on Brock Lesnar every time. To you know, you, You've seen what this guy can do against small guys, big guys, medium-sized guy, Seth Rollins, you know, the athleticism and speed on Seth Rollins, I still don't think 
would, would, would make for a victory at WrestleMania. You saw what Seth had to do on Monday Night Raw when he kicked him down low. He had to, he did that twice, not once, but twice on Lesnar. And I just, I just don't know if Seth has the size and strength to overcome a, a guy like Brock Lesnar. So if, if I had a pick. You know, I, I see Lesnar uh, retaining that universal title on Sunday. All right, next one then. Roman Reigns going up against our very own Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre. Oh, you know, Drew. He's an, Drew's an, that guy's an animal. What a beast, huh? You know, we've watched him for years across here fighting in Insane Championship Wrestling. He came back when he was released to begin with and, you know, really put that company back on the map. And then when he went back to NXT, I think he's just been probably one of the most dominant guys in recent years. You know, this story had a, a real feel-good story to it. Um, at the beginning, you know, with Roman battling leukemia, um, coming back and getting himself fit and ready to go. You know, but the work that Drew has put in to ultimately make himself the ultimate heel in this feud has been brilliant. What's your, your thoughts been on this build? Yeah, no, I listen, I when Drew McIntyre came back, I mean, he's got... Yeah, listen, both of these guys have the look, they have the physique. I mean, Drew's a mountain of a man, and he's great with the microphone. He plays a great heel, and I just think, listen, if, if, if you're going by sheer size and strength, how do you not go with Drew McIntyre? But, you know, listen, you've seen what Roman Reigns can do as well. I see, listen, I could see this one going to a... Uh, a double, almost like a last man standing match where ne neither one of these guys gets up for the 10 count when it's all said and done. But I'll tell you what, if, if I'm going to go with somebody right now, you got to take Drew McIntyre in this match only because of the size and strength on him. And I mean, God, he moves around like a Finn Balor as well, right? And then when he clips you with that Claymore kick, it's all said and done. But then again, you got Roman with his Superman punch. But listen, if I'm going to go one way or another, I'm going to take Drew McIntyre in this one. I know there's there are no titles on the line. It's just all about, you know, pride and bragging rights. And Drew kind of dismantled the shield. So, you know, Seth Rollins has a little revenge on his mind. But I just don't know if he can get past a guy like Drew McIntyre in a one-on-one -on -one situation. You spoke about Drew there. You know, there's no titles on the line on this one. Is he a guy you can see in the next year or so kind of reaching the top of the mountain? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you could see, listen, there are a few guys you could see the belt around. You know, Drew McIntyre is one of those guys. Like I said, you know, he's got the look, the build, the personality for this business, if anybody does. You know, if you were going to build a prototype of a WWE superstar, I think that's the guy you'd come out with. So I certainly wouldn't be surprised if you see him with a title opportunity in, in the very near future. And not as a, you know, not, not in the tag team situation. As a singles competitor, yes, I could certainly see Drew McIntyre in that situation very soon. Next one, Kurt Angle having his farewell match against Baron Corbin. You know, Kurt Angle, we all know he's had an absolutely outstanding career, you know, and it's going to culminate at the Showcase of the Immortals. A lot of reaction online to this one for the, the choice of Baron Corbin as his final opponent. What do you think of that one? Do you know, a lot of people were... We're teasing, you know, Cena, Undertaker, this kind of big name for this match. You know, that's. do you think that's a lot of pressure to put on, on somebody like Corbin at this point? Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know. And, and listen, you still, listen, anything can happen on Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. You never know. Until you see Baron Corbin out to that ring, something can always happen beforehand. You, you never know. Uh, but as far as him being the last, you know, in a real life situation, 
Would a Kurt Angle be able to beat a Baron Corbin? I don't know, but Kurt Angle's such such a good technical wrestler, regardless of his age, and he has beaten Corbin with that ankle lock in the past, uh, and he's beat some bigger wrestlers. Listen, if it, if it goes off as planned, I think you'll see a good match. I don't know, maybe maybe Kurt gets some help somewhere else as well, but until I see Baron Corbin walking to that ring to take on Kurt Angle, I won't be convinced that Baron Corbin is the guy yet. So do you think they've got sne- something sneaky up their, up their sleeve? It's very possible. And again, I, I'm not privy to anything. I, <laughs> when, I, when I watch Raw and SmackDown and Paper, I watch as a fan. You know, I'm just as shocked as anybody when, when things go the way they go. Uh, so I, would, I wouldn't be shocked if you said, listen, have we heard anything from John Cena yet on WrestleMania? Not no, at all. Right? You know, I know John's written on Twitter that he'll be watching like everybody else, but you know, you got The Undertaker, you, you've got Cena. You, like I said, until I see Baron Corbin walk to the ring with Kurt or to face Kurt, I'll, that's when I'll be convinced that it's that it's Baron Corbin taking on Kurt Angle. And finally, the main event, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and the man, Becky Lynch. You know, probably one of the best builds to the biggest ever women's title match in the history of professional wrestling. You know, they're getting their chance. The headline of Mania. You know, give us your thoughts on this iconic match. Oh boy, how great was that on Monday Night Raw? Oh, it was so good. Everybody in handcuffs and the kicking and the knocking out the windows. Boy, those police couldn't get anybody in the car. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> what kind of police the force was that? I don't know. The Washington, D.C. police force couldn't get anybody in the car. This, that was unbelievable. But I think, listen, they made it the main event for a reason. It's got the most buzz. It's got everybody talking. You know, the women's division, boy, you look back on what it used to be and what it is now, and and the ladies are just lighting it up. You know, their matches are vicious. You know, they have great storylines to them. You know, it's all about telling the story. And these three women right now, you know, in that ring, they can't stand each other. And boy, oh boy, who would have thought that Charlotte Flair was going to beat Asuka on SmackDown Live for the title, right? Exactly. Nobody Nobody knew that one was coming. So now you got both titles up for grabs. So let's see. Let's see. Let, you know, w- would you would you bet against Ronda Rousey? I don't know. I wouldn't. But in a three-way match where Ronda doesn't have to be pinned or submit, and it could come down to Charlotte and Becky, you never know what could happen in that thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Becky walking out with both titles. But who knows? Let's see. That's why, you know, it sounds amazing on paper. And the best thing about WWE is that you always get an amazing show, and you always get your money's worth. But, you know, the way it ends is always anybody's guess. So I think they, listen, main event, does anybody have a problem with that one being the main event? I don't think so. I think that's going to be the greatest uh, match of the night. And just one more thing, Scott, do you do you keep a, an eye on NXT at all? You know, will you be watching TakeOver on Friday? You know what? With all my, the other stuff that I do, I don't unfortunately get to catch NXT as much as I'd like to. I know the, the main event is uh, it's a two out of three falls matchup. And from what I've seen of those guys, two out of three falls, I'll tell you what, NXT takeovers, uh, especially in, in Brooklyn, are, are always, you know, they, they always tear down the house. So regardless of, you know, a lot of folks always say, oh, that was better than the main pay-per-view on Sunday. <laughs> but uh, NXT is really... 
uh, you know, behind the, you know, the, the ideas of Triple H, that division has just, I mean, that's that's taken the industry by storm, right? Definitely. Anyway, Scott, listen, thank you very much for your time. Um, I hope you have a, a really good week going on to WrestleMania. I hope that everything you said and predictions with John Cena might come true. <laughs> we, we, we never know but listen I really appreciate the time and hopefully we'll see you back across here in Scotland maybe with a wee catfish at some point absolutely Ryan yeah, no more catfishing from that time, <laughs> right if I get if I get messages from beautiful women it needs to be the actual woman who's on the picture that's all I'm, that's all I ask good stuff Scott thank you very much for your time mate alright alright buddy thank you have a great week listen I don't care what the f- you think you're doing whatever you think is more important with your life you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now sports social podcast network